Welcome to From X to Z, the ultimate cross-generational conversation on health, wellness, and self-care. Guided by inspiring Gen Z trailblazers and expert voices. I'm your host, Vicki Cornwall. Get ready for eye-opening insights and actionable tips that transform your life. Welcome to another episode of the podcast from X to Z. I'm your Gen X host, Vicki, and today we have a special guest joining us. She is a creative, cultural explorer, and global art enthusiast who believes in the power of imagination and human connection to inspire creativity. Today, we're talking to Afrika Ebanks. Afrika's passion for understanding the world and the people around her has led her on a journey of exploration. She's always been curious about the things that impact our society and how we challenge them. Recently, Afrika penned an insightful article titled Gen Z Aging and Beauty. In this thought-provoking piece, she delves into the story of a generation yearning for a change, urging the world to release the pressures associated with aging and redefine conventional beauty standards. As a creative and brand strategist at a leading Gen Z-led agency at NYC, Afrika brings a wealth of knowledge and experience in helping brands comprehend the cultural climate and genuinely connect with their audiences. Through her work, she aims to bridge the gap between brands and consumers, promoting authenticity and fostering meaningful connections. Today, we have the opportunity to delve deeper into Afrika's personal journey and the inspiration behind her exploration of reframing beauty and aging. We'll also uncover the surprising insights she gained from interviewing her peers, challenge the influence of social media on beauty perceptions, and discuss how Gen Z reshaped the narrative around aging. But first, let's welcome Afrika Ebanks to the podcast from X to Z. All right. Welcome, welcome, Afrika. Hello. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So we are super excited to get this conversation started. Why don't we start by, you know, tell us a little bit about Young Afrika. Um, what were some defining moments growing up that had the most impact on you? Oh, my goodness. So many. We only have an hour, though, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, okay. So my name is Afrika. I'm based in New York City. I am young, as you mentioned. I won't say my age because I don't want to give too much away just yet. Um, but I would say I think some defining moments from my life is just um, one, definitely growing up in an entirely different country. For one, I think that definitely um, probably has had one of the biggest impacts on me because you just see life so differently. You understand mm. people on another level. Um, Where'd you grow up? I grew up in the Caribbean, in Jamaica. Okay. So, so okay. different. Like our perceptions of, of living in life is just very different than the United States. And of course, there are many layers to that. I, I think moving here was definitely a culture shock at first. And what age did you move here? I moved here when I was about 10. Okay. Yeah. That, that's a, that's a, there's an inflection exactly. point for, for sure. Exactly. Um, and then I want to say another big moment was definitely graduating college and then moving to, to the city. I didn't know if I was going to do it and then I made it happen. So I was very proud of myself and it was another very big learning curve because the South is not like the North at all. Um, and living in Florida, I mean, the lifestyle is also much calmer, not as fast paced. The people are very different. Um, our values are also very different. I, I've noticed, like, if you go to the South, nine times out of 10, people are probably going to say hi to you. <laughs> if you're, like, walking down the street, like, there's that Southern hus- hospitality. It's very real. In New York City, I don't think it's necessarily the same, although I do love the city a lot. But I don't know. I think so many so many points of my life and as I grow each year become very defining points to me that I can't even pinpoint 
like just a single moment because um, I'm always just constantly learning and I have yeah. to do that. So, now, you, you know, I, I understand you, you have a sister, right? You have a younger yes, sister. I do. And is she the age about when you moved? When I moved to, to America. Um, it's, it's, I mean, being an older sister, I, I don't know if you were an older sister, if anyone who's listening to this might be an older sister. I, I think that I might am. be actually a conversation that I've been having with my friends who are also the eldest sister um, about like our understanding of life watching our youngest siblings grow up and get to those ages that we remember we were so clearly because now that she's 10 and like a preteen I don't know I was mm-hmm. really thinking about this so deeply like I have a brother who just turned 21 another one who turned 13 like all very interesting ages to be and I'm not even that much like older than some of my siblings like my brother's turned 21 um but there's just there's just something I've been thinking about a lot about like growth and children and the bonds that you have with your sibling and even somewhat like grieving like your own childhood now that mm-hmm. it's so clear that you're no longer the child especially when they're all coming to you for advice no matter how old they are or how old they get my brother closest in age to me he's always calling me like okay I'm thinking about doing this like what do you mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. like I didn't give birth to you go call your mom <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah yeah but that sibling that sibling bond I mean there's something there they you know more about him than he might even know about himself yet. And, and that's true. <laughs> and and I would say the same for all of them because I remember when they were all very teeny tiny, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like my children. <laughs> so, uh, okay, then definitely being a sibling is a, is a defining moment for you. Yeah. And probably you know what? Now that shaping who you are and, and some of the things you're doing right now. Yes, now that you brought that up, that's actually a really good point. I think being an older sister is like something I hold very near and dear to my heart. Um, and- on another level too, I think it's taught me probably every single thing I know about empathy and love as well. Like I've learned mm. through each of the siblings that I've had in different ways and I've become a much better person genuinely because of them, especially like my younger sister and my brother who's closest in age because they're some of the most just naturally nurturing and kind people I've ever met. Um, and they really not necessarily like force it into me, but I think I think watching how we interact sometimes made me question how much better of a person could I be like learning from them. So mm. yeah, that was good. I, I didn't think <laughs> about like the impact that would have on me, but it did. Well, swinging a little bit. Yeah. You know, I was um, reading a little bit about you and you, you talk about being a cultural explorer. Oh yeah. What does it mean to be a cultural explorer? Yeah. So I think this is also definitely because of my island roots. I grew up watching a lot of American television. Like I would mimic the American accent. I have like my dad's so the family is also British. And so anytime my cousins would come visit, I'd always like mimic the British accent. And I was always just so curious about like other languages and other people and the types of food that they ate and how they acted. And if I could emulate them based off of the TV shows that I was watching and then moving here and seeing like so much types of diversity. I mean, not that we don't have that in Jamaica because we do. It's a pretty diverse place, actually. Not many people know that, but like, here feels like another level because I was seeing people I didn't even know existed. And I just became so curious about like what they consume, the art they create. I love music from all around the world right now. One of my favorite artists is a French DJ who incorporates a lot of Brazilian roots into his music. His name is Will Strax, even though I'm probably mispronouncing that, but genuinely like in that way, I'm just always looking for different types of culture, how they express themselves. Um, I've been learning a lot about like, some phrases that Japanese people have specifically too. Um, there's this one phrase that's like, 
uh, Ichigo Ichie, I think, and I believe it translates to, and I again probably mispronounced that. It translates to like in this moment only once, which is all about being very present in the present. Moment. Oh, I love that. Yeah, love and that. so it's things like this where I'm just so grateful that I get to live in a time where, you know, you can Google pretty much anything and travel anywhere and learn many different things and live in a city like New York where um, you're just constantly exposed to different people. Like sometimes I'm driving with people in, in like Uber rides um, who come from different parts of the world. And it's always so fun to have those conversations. So that's what I meant by that. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, your work that you do as a creative and strategist for a Gen Z agency, I, I would imagine that you're pulling in yeah. the this this love for connection and exploring different cultures and things like that. You're pulling that into the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, did you always want to do this type of work that you're doing now? Did you even like know that something like this could have existed? I didn't know that it would exist. I actually, growing up, um, I wanted to be a lawyer. And up until oh, like shit. a couple years ago, I thought I'm still going to be a lawyer. Um, but then I just started to have just like an even deeper curiosity about people, about brands, about how like even film and music and the things that we buy kind of affect people and connect people as well. And so that's mm-hmm. why I decided to study PR, for instance. Um, and I think in PR, I realized I didn't want to necessarily go in the traditional path. And then I came across the agency that I work for now, Jude, mm-hmm. um, which seemed very fun. It was full of young, diverse people who were really just ambitious about changing the world. And that's definitely where I felt I needed to be. So I'm really grateful to be here now and getting to work with some pretty exciting brands and around amazing young people who are as sort of hungry to change the world and sort of have an impact as I am. So amazing. Yeah. Amazing. One of the things we've talked about is this really interesting article that you wrote entitled Gen Z aging and beauty. Yes. Um, so tell us about your personal journey and what inspired you to really explore this topic of reframing beauty and aging. Wow. Okay. I think first and foremost, being a woman, it's something that's like slapped in your face, probably the minute you're out of the womb, like, whether it's told through romance of, oh, when you're 25, you need to get married and have kids. Or, you know, people saying you need to remain teeny tiny so that, like, you're desirable for someone. Mm. Um, I think a lot of us are used to that um, language growing up. And definitely also growing up at a time where social media was kicking off. I remember joining Twitter when I was 10. And I think I told you this story. I didn't know it was, I didn't know what social media really was. I thought it was a game. I thought it was just, like, a game where you <laughs> talk to people. Um, I remember it saying I had to be 13. I was like, yeah, totally. I'm <laughs> I'm 13. Yeah, like, you're not going to be able to tell me I'm not. Um, And I had, like, an Instagram, I think, when I was 11 or 12. And it was sort of this fun tool to just connect with other people your age. And it it was very relaxed at that time, too, because we were all posting the dumbest things um, Mm -hmm. and just engaging with each other as regular 12 and 13-year-olds would. And then I just remember at times, you know, with American pop culture, I think, being as big as it is like celebrities are on these platforms and you're following these different celebrities that are starting to talk about like flat tummy tea showing like thigh gaps and sort of promoting like what you start to think is a standard of beauty Mm. and i could see it sort of affecting a lot of my peers when i would hear about some of my peers who were suffering from eating disorders and i think this also we all started doing this where we're like emulating poses that we're seeing because we think those people are also beautiful and i think it definitely did a number on a lot of us but what was most interesting to me is now like working with a bunch of 20 somethings and hearing them talk about, Oh my gosh, I'm 25. I'm getting so old. I'm, I'm turning 23. Sort of like the morning. The fact- <laughs> I'm sorry. Hold on. Give me a moment. I got to laugh at that one. <laughs> all right. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. And that, I mean, I thought it was ridiculous because I'm saying 
you're 20, you're 23, you're turning 24. This is not the end of the world. This is like just the very beginning of, of your like, yeah, real life. Yeah. And I don't know, I just started to see some articles too about like um, rising anxiety and depression uh, among young girls yeah. because of social media as well. And sort of thinking like, okay, I definitely see something happening here. And then I thought, you know what, let's write about it. Let's see what's mm-hmm. going to happen. I also had this really fun project that I did to sort of honor um, older people in my family by like photographing their hands. And so there was this connection of, okay, age, social media, beauty, aging, like what is there? Yeah. And then I thought of doing something specifically for Women's History Month and I didn't end up getting it done on time. Um, and then I just posted it on LinkedIn one day because I was like, okay, I need to do this. I think it's a cool idea. And at the time I was seeing, I think Vogue had just put out that art, that um, article, Vogue Philippines with the yeah. woman on the front. And then I saw... I believe it was uh, Women's Wear Daily with Pamela Anderson. And I was thinking to myself, no, I really think something is happening. And so I sat everyone down um, when I could get them and sort of interviewed them and had this conversation about how age, how like beauty, how does all of this kind of connect? How does it impact you? And I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. There were plenty of moments where I was very shocked as what as to what I was hearing from my peers. Um, yeah. And also just so shocked that, we all kind of had very similar sentiments, which to me okay. made me think, okay, well now I need to put it out because I have mm-hmm. like so many mm-hmm. other young women, so many other people generally are probably having similar thoughts. And with me, sometimes I just like challenging certain narratives, certain stereotypes, because I think some of them are old and stale and right. them anymore. And so that's the whole way that this came to be. What are some of the surprising insights um and those impactful thoughts that that you gain from your interviews with your peers? I think one, okay, they're they're definitely plenty, but one of them that was sitting out to me was like this, like mourning that I felt like, like just this very deep. Mourning the youth. Mourning mourning of youth and just Mm. beauty. Like it felt just Mm. sad sometimes listening to some of them talk about like crying for weeks leading up to their 23rd birthday because they didn't think, you know, the older that they get, they're going to be as desirable as they are now. And then I remember I was talking to someone about, you know, her body image. And I didn't think, I mean, I knew it connected, but just hearing what she was talking about, um, she was saying like that, you, you know, you're told that in your 20s for a woman is your prime. And she felt like because she wasn't ever really thin and she was getting older, uh... like she's t- turning 26, that she felt like she's never going to have that prime. And she's sort of had to get over it mentally that she's never going to mm. have that moment where she's able to be young hot and beautiful because society doesn't view people in bigger bodies as being like meeting the standard of beauty and it, that devastated me to hear like i almost cried talking to her about it because wow like she, she's such a beautiful person as is basically everyone i ever meet um but that was that was deep and then just understanding how a lot of people view youth or understand youth as being a commodity and that when they don't have it they're no longer valuable and so there was this question that came up about, okay, well, what, what does that say about our society? Right. What does it say about what we value? Like, do we value wisdom? Do we value experience? Do we value maturity? Why is what we value so rooted in like this sort of wanting to grasp at and hold on to being young as if you're going to be young forever? Like it's a natural process just to age. We can't ever get rid of that. And so they were all really insightful con- conversations, but I think, I felt like everyone was sort of mourning something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that they that's really interesting. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm of a certain age, but <laughs> I, 
I can remember being young and and thinking that this was it, you know, in my early 20s, like, okay, this is the moment. This is the defining moment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like what I'd love to tell your 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 friends <laughs> is that, you know, as a 40-something-year-old person at this point in life, there's more. There's so much more coming. Like I my friends, my friends and I actually at this point, we talk about that, mm-hmm. you know, while we we are happy where we, where we are. We've, we've hit our stride. This is like, this is not bad. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and I believe that because I've always surrounded myself with a lot of like older people, older women especially. And that's what they all tell me is like, oh my gosh, you think 20s is cute? Like wait till you're 30, wait till you're 40. <laughs> For me, I'm not going to lie. When I was in high school, I remember thinking, I can't wait to be 30. I feel like the woman, like the money mm-hmm. is good. You know, you're finally kind of having understanding what you're mm-hmm. mm-hmm. look like. Um, you feel like your best. You feel more empowered. You don't care too much about what society thinks about you. Um, but a lot of my peers don't think that way. And uh, to be honest, like not a lot of people get exposure to um, older women in their lives who have that mentality. A lot of people still live with mm-hmm. women who like have this almond mom mentality of like you need to be petito. You need to worry about your beauty. You need to worry about your lines and wrinkles. And you know, tell me about this almond mom. Oh, <laughs> so. Almond mom is like this really interesting phenomenon. I mean, it's not necessarily new, but it's just this idea of, um, or it's basically a mom who is just overly obsessed with diet culture and with being thin and preserving that. And oftentimes also concerned with like her daughter's body image as well. Um, and so luckily I didn't grow up with an almond mom, but I know a lot of people who did. And it's like mm. always managing what you're eating, how much you're eating, how, how much bigger you might have got. Um, and I think that adds a lot of pressure to to young women growing up. Yeah. So yeah. and and oftentimes some of them end up going either way, where it's like they have the worst um relationship with food that they end up not being thin or they end up with eating disorders. Um so yeah, it's yeah. it's a unfortunate phenomenon, but now the internet's kind of obsessed with the term almond mom. So you can type it in and probably see a bunch of tweets or videos or news articles about it by now. So well- there's there's the almond mom out there, but then you talked about before about social media. And yeah, let's just talk a little bit more about how social media has influenced the way our society—not just young people, but our society—perceive beauty and aging. Oh, um, yeah, and, and really how it really helps to has helped to to shape this unrealistic expectation. Yeah, wow, social media. We could talk about this for hours. Um, <laughs> well, okay, and I will say, you know, I don't think there's. I don't think social media is a bad thing. I think it's an incredible mm-hmm. tool that's been able to connect so many people from around the world and give us access to like information so quickly. Um, but I definitely think as it relates to beauty, I don't think many people in the social media industry who were like coming up with the, the, these different platforms necessarily thought about like the impact that some of this content could have on young people, especially mm-hmm. since there is no way to necessarily vet that the person who's signing up for this Instagram account is actually 13 years old. Um, and it's also really easy to get into like this vacuum where you think this is what the reality of the world is when the world is nothing of the sort. Um, because you're you're just like liking pictures of someone who's thin and all of a sudden your entire for you page or your entire um, feed becomes just thin woman or you're exploring. And that becomes your reality. That becomes a, this perception of reality. Exactly. Uh-huh. And I remember uh-huh. even having a conversation with one of the people that I interviewed and she was saying that the first time she had a debit card, she bought a weight loss pill or like a diet supplement. And I was like, what? What? The first time they had a debit? The How first time. I believe she was 15 or 16 years old. The first thing she bought with her, her first like ever debit card was one of those like diet pills at the time. And I remember I actually, when I was probably 14, seeing the flat tummy tea craze, definitely had a moment where I thought maybe I should order this. 
And I remember like thinking I needed to have like a very specific routine. Um, I'd work out twice a day and I didn't see anything wrong with that. Like 13, 14, working out two times a day, doing like those online Pilates videos or like going to the gym, like looking up these routines. Because at the time too, especially when you're engaging with that type of content and your algorithm becomes that entire type of content, you're seeing people talk about you need to eat 1200 calories and do this specific workout to maintain this body or like do your eyebrows this way um, so that people will like you. And so I think for a lot of young people, um, especially that, that that time when you're kind of rebelling from your parents, if you don't want to listen to them, you start listening yeah. to your friends, you start listening to what you're seeing on social media. And um, I just think it's so unfortunate that I think so much, so many of our like teenage years almost felt like they were taken from us because we thought we had to live up to something that we never actually had to. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so now I, I, I empathize so much with teenagers now because I feel like it's a bit worse. You know, of course we had Instagram and those other platforms, but with TikTok, it's like every second there's a new trend. There's clean girl, there's blueberry yeah. nails. Like what, it, what even is that? There's like how to look like your own money or how to look like the it girl, hot girl this, hot girl that. And like, you can't keep up at this point. Like, I feel like it's like this never ending thing where you're, you're just caught in a trap of, okay, maybe I need to look like this or that or this or that. And yeah, so I, I think there's too much pressure there. And I really feel for a lot of teenagers now, um, yeah. which is crazy to think because I was a teenager like four years ago. Yeah, right, exactly. Like, well, speaking though, you know, you were talking about your your sister. So like as an older sister, you know, you're passionate about reframing beauty and aging. Yeah. How do you hope to influence and guide your, your younger sister's perspective or your even your younger brother's perspective on these topics? I will never let them join Instagram. <laughs> and then they were like yeah i'm not doing it but, right no because my sister i remember okay so obviously i used to talk um yes i do like social media yes i think sometimes i have unhealthy habits with it um and it's funny at the end of the day and i remember i was talking to my sister once and i i mentioned something that i had seen on tiktok and she finished the quote and i was like whoa <laughs> Uh-huh. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you like? Where'd you see that? How do you know about the chicken salad thing? <laughs> like, okay. Um, but no, in terms of beauty, I mean, I think it's two things, right? I think one, and this is something I also wrote about, is really empowering beauty, I think, on the micro level in our daily lives everywhere we see it because there is mm, that, that exists in everything. And I think a lot of young people, especially when you're a young girl, like, you need to hear, like, you need to feel validated in the fact that, you know, whatever you look like is okay. You don't have mm-hmm. to look like, you don't have to have a specific complexion or hair type or be this height or dress this way. Like, you can be yourself and that's beautiful. Like, beauty is however you want to see it and it's not anyone else's definition to give you. And I think all I do every single time, like, my sister sends me a picture of her hair or her outfit or just like her having like her having won like an award because she's always so cute and excited I'm always like oh my gosh you're so beautiful you look amazing I'm so proud of you and really kind of like, exactly encouraging her all the time and if I forget to I'm always like oh my gosh I forgot to tell you earlier but you looked amazing I love the pink top and she also loves like dressing herself and coming up with these like really cute outfits that I remember I think when I was her age I did not know how to dress myself like at all um and so I think in doing so like I love seeing her face light up when I'm telling her that because she also thinks that I'm like pretty and I'm like, I want you to know that you're the same. <laughs> like Aww. You're just as beautiful. And um, I, th- I think especially with like black women too, or little black girls, um, right. even with hair, right? Because she has thicker, um, coilier hair than me. And I never, ever want her to think that because her hair is like that, like 
she's not worthy of beauty or mm-hmm. worthy of anything. And so I think that's one where it starts. And I think two is just like being able to have really transparent conversations with them about social media, about what society might tell them one day, because it's, I think the reality, there is one day where she's probably going to download Instagram. Like I, I, right. I can't right. prevent that <laughs> from happening forever. And I think just having those conversations of, you know, just because you're seeing this, it doesn't mean you need to emulate this, you know? Um, because I think oftentimes all young people want is for people to tell them or just remind them that like, there is no pressure. You don't actually have to right. do this. Like you're, you're a young person. You don't know the world as much as you think you might. So don't feel pressured to fit into anyone else's narrative and follow these trends. Um, and so I think those are definitely a couple ways too. And then hopefully continuing to challenge the the beauty industry, um, the media industry, the fashion industry, all these kind of industries that are pretty interconnected with how we view, view ourselves and view beauty, um, to be more inclusive, to be more transparent, right. to put more diverse voices in front of the camera or when you're like coming up with a cover for a magazine and really shining a light whenever we see it to the brands that are actually doing so. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. What changes do you anticipate in how society might view and value, you know, older individuals or, mm-hmm. or, or women as they get older um, in the future. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think this is a good one. And I think um, I was at the Women's Wear Daily Beauty CEO Summit in May, and I heard a really good speech from Michael Clinton. And I think he's doing amazing things, like the book on Roar, and it seems like he's traveling the world mm-hmm. talking about like reframing aging is just this longevity thing, right? Because I, I believe he's 70. He talks about like being the fittest ever and about how so many in so many different countries, like older people are going on those hikes, are biking, are living to be healthier and, and stronger. And we should really look to that and celebrate that. And so I think we're going to see a lot more like advertising or people in media who are much older, like lifting weights or doing like exercises just to showcase that you know, you can be healthy and you can exercise and you can like push your body to your limits at any age. It doesn't have to stop when you're 30. Um, I think it's also, we're probably going to be seeing a lot more beauty um, magazines put older women on the front of their covers. Um, And I think seeing that in the same way that for my, I say my generation is if like the youngest Gen Z isn't 10 years old right now, but for for my half of Gen Z, we grew up seeing um, like Fenty Beauty come up right Right. and savage fenty shows where we're seeing different types of bodies pregnant women walking the runway it it was like we got rid of victoria's secret basically um and i think when younger gen zers are seeing what the future of aging will look like and generation alpha i think they will start to grow up in a society where they don't have the same pressures around age because at any age you can be and do anything you can you know hike whatever mountain when you're 70 or you know be on the cover of a magazine or even this year we were seeing so many awards given to older women for different movies and tv shows um yeah and i'm like this is what we need like seeing that makes me feel like okay i don't have to worry too much about being at the prime of my career right now because at any age success can happen um, and so I think all of those things connect and those are the ways I see things changing. And all we need is just some exposure to it, right? Because it's not a right, secret. Right. It happens day in and day out. And you see your generation, Gen Z, kind of leading the way in that and that reshaping the narrative. Yes. But I also see us like championing some of the work that's just already being done. Like people like my, Michael right. Clinton, I think um, not only leading the way for our, the rest of us and really like embracing that and looking to brands to actually um, hone in on that, 
but also just championing the people who are trying to make something happen. I'm sure there are plenty more people like Michael Clinton doing this um, and plenty more people like you who are having these conversations as well and, and different brands. And so I think, I think it'll be an intergenerational sort of work to make this happen. I think it'll take all of us. So. I love that. I love that. Um, are there any other initiative or campaigns or movements that you believe are making a positive impact on that reframing? You we've talked about it, some really great ones. Just checking to see, was there anything else that you wanted to highlight? Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, you know, um, Beekman 1802, they did this campaign at Jiffy Lube, I believe. And I think sometimes when we think about skincare and the beauty industry, it's just like thrown at women. Um, but Skincare is really important for anyone, right? Sun damage is real. Right. Whether you're a man or a woman, it's going to Real, real. It's, yes. And at the rate at which our planet <laughs> is going, it's going to get really, real, really soon. Um, and so I really love that campaign because I think sometimes too, I mean, we're also growing up seeing some brands like specifically market to men's skincare so they can feel more comfortable putting on sunscreen or cleansing their skin after a long day. Um, and I think campaigns like that is good at just having more inclusivity in conversations about um, something as simple as skincare. Like that's crazy. Yeah. 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 Hey, do you, you know, as a young person yourself, what advice would you have for someone who may feel pressure by society's um, beauty standards or, or fear getting older? Like what, what advice, you know, thinking through the interviews you have with your peers, what advice you have to them? Um. Okay, this is also, this might also be like more than one thing, but I think something that was really important that came up in the interviews, like you said, was just like the most radical thing I think any of us can do right now is just let the people in our lives know that they're valued and that they are loved. I think Mm. this sort of connects with the loneliness trends that we're seeing. And it's also something I'm I'm thinking about exploring because I just know it's hitting my generation really hard, especially going through the pandemic was just enough of, you know, the biggest event ever. Um, and so I think that number one is probably one of the biggest pieces of advice I could give anyone is, you know, tell people that you love them, tell people that they're valued, tell people that don't, they don't need like X, Y, and Z to be seen as beautiful. And I think, as I mentioned, you know, it's, I think it just starts with those interpersonal relationships. Um, and then the second thing is honestly, when you're going on some of these platforms, you need to start following and engaging with people who look like you because, I remember being on social media in 2015 and there were, I mean, I was not seeing everyone who looked like me. I was very exposed to like the celebrities who were blonde and I'm never going to be blonde. And so how can I look to that to be my standard of beauty? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think when you embrace that and you embrace the different types of beauty that exist, it makes it feel like, okay, well, I'm beautiful too. Like I don't have to look like anything because beauty kind of just exists all over. Um, and I think for right. for older women, too, who have younger sisters or nieces or younger friends, because I have friends who are like 18 who just graduated high school, like I'm always just having very open and transparent conversations about them, about this, too. And I think even when it connects to um, like career, I think that's probably a huge one for us um, and romance. Right. Because so many people are like, oh, my gosh, I'm 21. I've never had a boyfriend or I'm 25. I've never had a girlfriend. How am I going to get married? And like that in of itself is another type of pressure related to aging. And Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think I'm seeing such a good um, sort of trend within our generation of being like, we can wait until we're 30 to worry about all that. Like, let's just vibe out right now. Yeah, that's so true, by the way. Please do. Please chill. Exactly. So (laughs) enjoy life. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that those are some pieces of advice that I would um, 
give to anyone. And I think yeah. a lot of people are already trying to abide by those and, and follow those in their own lives, which is good. So. I love I love the fact that you talked about promoting inter- intergenerational dialogue. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's what I'm trying to do here, as you mentioned, like, there's so much for me to learn from you. There's so much for you to learn from me. Like, there's yeah. just, just having the conversations, just having the talk, mm-hmm. you know, just there's we all can really grow together, as you said. No, exactly. I agree. And I think um, I just think transparency and authenticity is just going to be some big things in the beauty space and, 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 and how we talk about aging in the future. And I think that those two things are really key for removing so much pressure. I think Gen Z is always talking about if it's not authentic, like we don't like it, which is why we love TikTok so much, right? Because it's, it's pretty unfiltered. Yeah. Like you're yeah. not worried about like putting on a filter and, and looking perfect. Um, and I think that's definitely going to be even bigger and definitely welcomed among young people for sure. Yeah, I'm 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 very excited about this future of future of beauty or wellness. I, I pretty yeah. much just say it's all wellness at this point. So wellness and aging. That mm-hmm. this is it's you speaking with you, you know, makes it seem like a very um bright and exciting future I to hope. look forward to. So I hope. thank you for that. I really do. Um <laughs> Oh, Gen Z, there's a lot going on <laughs> in our generation. But I think a lot of us are just like trying to have hope amidst the chaos. Um, that seems to be like every that. single day. So And to be clear, we all are. We all are. <laughs> there's chaos all around. No. Oh, and wow. and you're right. The hope within the quick chaos is a good way of looking at it. Yeah, I think it's important to at least try to have a little bit of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap this up with, I have two questions. I'm trying something a little new here mm-hmm. um, that I want you to answer. So the first one is looking back on your journey. What advice would you give your younger self <laughs> if you can go back 10 years? Okay. How old would I have been? Oh, oh, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I think 10 years ago, actually, I was really struggling with the idea of beauty. Oh my gosh. I thought, I don't think I mentioned this, but I thought I was so ugly I thought it was the most disgusting thing to like, I'm not Stop even, it. I'm not kidding. I wish I was lying. And I remember my mom would, would be like, are you okay? This is, and, and she helped me and shout out to my mom. Shout out to moms everywhere. Because oh, I think without her, um, I probably would have struggled for an extra couple of years, but she was always so encouraging and just like reminding me that you don't, you don't need to look like that. You're yourself. Like champion that, live by that. Mm-hmm. No one mm-hmm. else is going to be you ever. None of us are going to be like the other which I think is a beautiful thing that we should embrace more in more than one ways. Um, but if I could, I would definitely tell myself, like, chill. <laughs> You're a preteen. Life hasn't even really begun for you. And spend less time on your phone. Spend less time on Instagram <laughs> and on Twitter and touch some grass. Um, okay. Okay. So, All right. Last one then. Yeah. Looking um... – Reflecting on your experiences inside today, yeah. what message or reminder would you give yourself, your future self, 10 years from now? Wow. That's also a really, do you say 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Going, going to the future now, 10 years from now, what messages or reminders would you give yourself? Okay. I hope I actually find this <laughs> in 10 years to go back to. I would say, number one, um, be present, be present, be present, because- we do things a finite amount of things in life and this moment is going to be gone before you know it. So be as present as you can and understand that 
you need to take life also a day at a time. You might feel all the pressures of the world with you in your early 20s now, but half of that is only in your head. It's not the reality. Um, And then lastly, I would say lead with empathy for yourself and for others because that will get you through so much and other people around you through a lot, more than you probably even know. So great. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. you Evanks. I really appreciate this conversation. This has been fabulous. I think that, um, I think we all can get a lot from this conversation. Oh my gosh. I totally I appreciate so. it. I'm so glad you reached out to me. I'm so happy to be here. I hope at least, you know, one person finds this impactful or insightful. So yeah. Thank you. In this episode from X to Z, we had the privilege of speaking with Afrika Ebanks, a creative explorer and global art enthusiast. Our conversation revolved around the pressing topic of reframing beauty and aging in today's society. Here are the key takeaways from our discussion. The commodification of youth. Afrika shed light on the unfortunate reality that youth have become a commodity, overshadowing the value of wisdom and maturity. We need to shift our perspective and recognize the importance of embracing all stages of life. Next is empowering individual beauty. Afrika emphasized the need to empower beauty on a micro level. Beauty should be defined by how individuals want to see themselves, rather than conforming to societal standards. It's crucial not to succumb to the pressures imposed by social media and instead celebrate our unique identities. Third, valuing personal growth. To help people embrace their own beauty and individuality, we must let them know they are valued. Afrika highlighted the significance of fostering interpersonal relationships that uplift and support one another. Following people on social media who represent diverse perspectives and appearance can also contribute to the sense of acceptance and self-worth. And lastly, the future of beauty and aging. Afrika's vision for the future of beauty and wellness is one of intergenerational connection and engagement. By fostering dialogue and understanding between different age groups, we can create a more inclusive and positive society where everyone feels valued regardless of age. Overall, this episode served as a reminder that beauty should not be confined to narrow definitions or societal expectations. It is a deeply personal and diverse concept that should be celebrated and embraced by all. Let's work towards a future where we prioritize wisdom, individuality, and genuine connections creating a space where everyone can thrive and feel empowered. Until next time, take care and embrace the beauty of every stage in life. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Be sure to click the follow button on your podcast app to stay updated on our latest releases. Connect with us on Instagram and YouTube at From X to Z Podcast for more exciting content. We'd love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out with your questions and topic suggestions for future episodes. I'm Eugene X host, Vicki, and you've just enjoyed From X to Z, the podcast that bridges the generations.